Hey, everybody. Welcome, as always, to our podcast. And I've totally forgot the name of it. Time to get things started with How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X Isn't Just a Fashion Statement, where Rob and Andrew talk about everything pop culture from punk rock to philosophy and everything in between, and always presented by Tribe74.com, our digital media go-to for photography, videography, and graphic design. Heck, they even edit our show. Andrew, good to see you, buddy. How are you feeling tonight? I am feeling... Okay, I'm not uh, not improving. Well, I mean, you're alive, I suppose. Or at least you look somewhat alive. For the listeners, I'm going to say that he is. He's moving. Lips are moving. They're, they're, they're having questions about whether I'm alive or not uh, when people see me. I'm not seeing any puppet strings in behind, moving behind him. If only you knew. <laughs> if only you knew. <laughs> so, Andrew, what have you been up to uh, in the last uh, few days? You know, like any good Gen Xer, I've been doing a little bit of gardening. I went back to a an old favorite movie, and I can't remember the name of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> what did I watch? Oh, I, I watched the 2003 version of The Italian Job. Um, I was just about to say, as Gen Xers, forgetting what we did three minutes ago is becoming a norm. Yes, and the gardening, how in the world do you go do gardening? Like, to be fair, I hate gardening. I make my wife do it. She loves doing it, so it's not really making her do it. But I can't stand it. I get the boy to do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> well, okay. That's why we have children. Exactly. To lift the, carry the soil around and the, the stepping stones. Then I just spring, I sprinkle grass seed. Now that uh, my children are all of elevated age where they can do all the heavy lifting, I take advantage of that, believe me. Definitely. Just grass seed and rainbows is what I spread. <laughs> I have to be careful, though, because uh, my boy's getting stronger and bigger, and he's I think he's outgrowing me quickly. Uh, I, I've always had the advantage of power and strength over my children, and it's slowly slipping from my grasp, especially considering I, you know, how sick I've been lately. I have stopped arm wrestling my son two years ago. <laughs> so he, he will go to his grave knowing that he was never able to beat me in an arm wrestle. I remember when I was much younger, probably, uh, you know, in my preteens, and my grandfather, uh, bless his soul, uh, hard, hard-ass hard army man, uh, he, he treated us like gold. Like, he, he, loved, he loved his grandchildren. I remember he used to give us the langel claw. <laughs> but, you know, I tried to arm wrestle him, try to do anything, and he would, like, hold me up with arm. He's this frail looking old man like but a man of steel so dude what do we, what do we got on the show tonight tonight uh we need to talk about the old days where we would go hiking you know physically abuse our bodies and our inspiration bruce grandmaster lee and some action movies that we've been uh catching recently as well just talking about the action movie genre in general nice it's going to be a roundhouse of a good time <laughs> did you write that down <laughs> of course i did just a minute ago. I love it. Tell me about your love for hiking. I know that you're a huge fan of hiking. Yeah, for sure. I love hiking. It's a fantastic way to clear the mind and center my energy. I'm lucky in that I've got a forest that's five minutes away from my front door. So I'm often out walking those trails. I've 
also recently bought uh, a year pass for the Grand River Parks Association. So that actually gives me access to 11 different parks. So that way, you know, I can support the uh, local forests and just kind of get out there into nature, whether it's hiking or maybe a little canoeing or kayaking, if that's your if that's your thing. And I am just looking forward to, to getting out there and enjoying the trails. I've, I'm already very close in just a couple of weeks to already breaking even on this pass. So by the end of the year, I'll, I'll definitely get my, my money's, uh, my money's worth. How about yourself, man? You get much hiking in? At the moment, I don't because of my issues. It's going to be something that I, I, I'm going to do. I'm going to push on. Even if it kills me, literally, I, I need to go hiking. I need to get out there and I need to walk. It's, it's one thing I've done. Uh, the one thing I love to do and I wish I could do more. And it's, it's really the Canadian, the true Canadian pastime in the milder months, right? In, in spring, in the summer, and even into the fall, because we have such a lush backdrop. We have an amazing outback that we can go to and all across the country. It doesn't matter where you are, like where we are in southwestern Ontario. It's a little trickier just because it's definitely a more urbanized area. But there's still so many places to go around here. It's absolutely crazy. In fact, just down the street, and we, we've talked about this before, Hamilton. Okay, so Hamilton is an industrialized steel town right on the harbor with stinky steel foundries and smog smog and how gross it is and how bad it smells but on the outlying edges has some of the most scenic diverse forest and waterfalls and the the escarpment the niagara escarpment is absolutely phenomenal for hiking no it's crazy that city it's known as the city of waterfalls some of them are very hidden very difficult to find i've gone out in on hikes in hamilton and haven't actually been able to find the waterfalls that I've been looking for because they're not very well marked. They're not very well written about. And you're, you're kind of on your own. And even in some cases, unfortunately, the, the city is even blocking the areas to access those fantastic waterfalls. Is that because of COVID? No, no, not because of COVID. Uh, just because they're afraid somebody's going to slip and fall and hurt themselves. The city doesn't want to be sued. It's all about the insurance. Exactly. Love insurance. So I had the lucky and fortunate opportunity to go hiking on Victoria. I always say Victoria Island on Vancouver Island, where Victoria, the capital of British Columbia is. I tell you, that was probably the most amazing hike that I've ever done. And it wasn't even that long or exhausting of a hike. I'm just trying to find the West Coast, the Pacific Ocean, so that we could dip our toes in. Yeah. Eventually found this spot, this massive, massively steep hill. We traveled, we, we walked down it, which was fun. And then we found a path and you could hear when we got to the bottom of, the, of this hill, we could hear the ocean splashing against the rocks. And so there was a path and we thought, okay, let's go with this. It's gotta be the path to the ocean. So we're walking for about an hour. Now, don't get me wrong. Like this is just, it was an amazing, uh, like I felt like I was in like a tropical rainforest the trees were so tall and they were so thick and moss growing up the side of them and it was oh but it was just absolutely amazing and but the entire time we're walking along this path and there's like little foot bridges and we could hear the ocean slapping and licking at the rocks oh so cool and eventually we we came to this opening i said okay that's got to be it right now go walking into this opening and we're standing on rock but the fog was so thick and you could hear the ocean the ocean was there but the fog was so thick 
that you couldn't see the ocean. That's crazy, dude. It was. And we're so obviously the tide was out because we're standing on these rocks and there's barnacles everywhere. And there's other people there, uh, people milling about and all that stuff. But we didn't know where to go. <laughs> so just like, where is the ocean? We can hear it. It's like literally right there. We can smell it. We know we're standing on a part of the ocean. Can be a little dangerous at times because yeah. uh, there are a lot of cliff edges <laughs> along that coastline. Yeah, so it was it was one of these things, and I think the whole family was tired, and they didn't want to go wander out too far, and we weren't even really sure. We've seen people wandering about, but nobody really seemed sure as well, right? It was just a matter of, it was there, but we couldn't do it. We managed to find get our feet dipped in the ocean at a later time, but we just kind of turned around. Uh, the kids had to go to the washroom, or one of the kids, or maybe even the wife, had to go to the washroom. And of course, there's no washrooms around there. And even though the fog was nice and thick, nobody was brave enough to just whip it out, if you know what I mean. And <laughs> well, I mean, who knows who's going to walk up on you? <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're peeing on somebody. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to that, but uh, the the rest of the family, I don't think they take kindly to that kind of stuff. Now, maybe black black bear that that wouldn't go over well. Yeah, I don't know. Are there bears on the island? There has to be bears on the island. There has to be bears on the island. I've never actually been on the island, so I, I can't I can't say. I, I just assume that there are. Well, let me tell you about a long, a long walk. And not off a short pier. <laughs> I have experience with long walks. I don't know if you ever seen my movie, A Long Walk Home. <laughs> yes, I certainly have. That will be a discussion for another day for sure. If nothing else, stay tuned for that that uh, review of that movie. So it probably was, I'm going to say eight years ago now, I had gone out um, to Colorado and I had actually gone out for a, like a mountain biking trip with a buddy there. My uncle, he had told me about a hike up one of Colorado's 14ers, which is any mountain over 14,000 feet. And so he had told me about this hike up Quandary Peak, and it's supposed to be one of the more mild hikes up one of the, the 14ers. But really, anytime you're going up beyond like above 10,000 feet, you, you need to take that seriously and you need to, to be in very good shape and still, you know, keep your senses about you. That's for sure. So it actually comes in a 14,271 feet. I believe it's the the trail that we did. It's on the east side of the mountain and it's very close to uh very close to the roadway and there's lots of little camping spots in there so it, it's a very popular spot to to stop. You have to start very early in the morning. I think round trip, I think it was about 7 hours round trip. Once you got well gosh, I bet after you got up past 12,000 feet, you really started to feel the elevation. I'm a boy that's from, from sea level. I don't understand anything above 10,000 feet. It came to a point that I was taking anywhere from three to five steps and I would have to stop and just breathe. Try to take in as much oxygen as I could because I couldn't take another step. It was an incredible opportunity and definitely something that I want to do again someday, but I am going to be have to be in much better shape than I was then. And I'm in way worse shape now. You might have to pick up one of those COVID oxygen tanks. Uh, completely, completely. So definitely at some point I'm going to be heading back into those 
Rocky Mountains of North America and uh, and heading heading back into the clouds. That's one thing I wonder if I if I even noticed or not. I know obviously I wasn't climbing any mountains when we were out west in the Rockies, but I know we were we were at a certain amount of elevation. We had to have been, you know, like when we were in Golden, British Columbia. I think it was Golden. I can always mix some British Columbia and Alberta towns, mountain towns. Golden, you're in the interior. And I remember because it, it was a mining town. We were, I mean, I was driving. I'm going up and down massive hills, and like we're talking like you know, two hours of straight downhill or uphill driving. It's much easier when you're in a car. <laughs> but I mean, even when we stayed, like, for instance, we stayed in like Golden and I want like, you know, I knew we were elevated. Like I just felt elevated, but I didn't have any issues with breathing. And I mean, that was only a few years ago. So it's not like I was much younger. It, it's really when you get out and start hiking in those mountains and it doesn't even doesn't really even take long for to to really for your body to really start to feel it unless of course you've been out there for an extended period of time and you've already acclimatized your body adapts yeah yeah exactly um and actually a lot of professional athletes will go train at elevation just to gain that advantage but it wasn't something that my body was used to we actually waited to the end of the week to do that climb just in hopes that our bodies would acclimatize during uh, during that period. Gosh, I thought my lungs were uh, going to explode. <laughs> so you and I both watch a lot of, uh, well, I think I, I watch more travel shows than you do, but you watch a lot of the photographers who are, who are quite adventurous. Yeah, and they're always up in the mountains. They do a lot of hiking as well. Is there anywhere that you've considered or would like to go for a hike? Is there, do you have a mission, a hiking mission? One location that should be fairly easy to get to once the borders open back up. I've actually not too long ago, I picked up a book of hikes through the Andorodak Mountains. Andorodak? Adirondacks. Thank you. I knew that we'd get there. Um, so I want to get back down there. That's something that is on my to-do list. I want to get into Utah to do some of the, the trail systems out there. That part of the country i i like the old west sort of feel to it and i think that would be absolutely amazing there are a lot of areas of uh, british columbia and alberta that i want to get to as well i actually spent quite a bit of time in in roslyn bc i want to get back there they have a an am amazing trail systems throughout and would like to go and spend an abundant amount of time there there's so many trails and so many places to see that the government even created. I don't know how long it's been in development for, but they created the Great Canadian Trail, which goes basically from coast to coast. Like I think it yeah. starts in Newfoundland and goes down to the maritime provinces. Few, quite a few of the trails connect here and even in our hometown and travels down here in southwestern Ontario, then kind of up around, uh, around the Great Lakes and across the, the country. Yeah, I mean, they've used all sorts of old rail trails to put this together. I mean, that it's already it's already there, the infrastructure to go from coast to coast. Why not make it walkable or rideable or however you want to go down that trail? I would love to do it. I mean, obviously doing it all in one shot, probably never going to happen, but just to do like portions of it at a time, maybe. Yeah, my knees wouldn't forgive me if I ever tried to do that in, in, one, in one go. We, we did a, a 10, 10 kilometer hike and my feet were destroyed after it. But 
I would do it a hundred times over if my body could physically do it. I would, there's nothing greater, no greater feeling than walking uh, the trails here in Canada. No greater feeling. Oh, completely. Yeah. There, there's great parts of this country to see. There is so much to, so much to see and so much to do here and just to get out into to wildlife. Gosh, I remember hearing somebody talk about how they said that they'd never go to Australia because of, you know, all the creatures that they have there, all like the scary spiders, spiders and, and and they said, "What what are you talking about? You have bears, you have cougars, you have lynxes, stuff that will actually eat you in Canada." <laughs> With the bears, like because you don't see them, you see them very rarely. Maybe at a zoo more than anything. Like uh, we we found we did see a bear when we were in British Columbia. I think the thing is, is that people think of cats and or wild cats. They don't think of like tigers and lions and stuff like that. They think of Canadian mountain lions or oh they can't be that big. But mountain lions are freaking huge. Yes. All you got to do you need you need to watch a few videos on YouTube of these these people who are walking down trails or, or hiking, and you see they're being followed by some of these tiger or some of these mountain lions and these things are not little creatures they're not just like little kitty cats that you could just brush off no they're stalking you they're stalking you and they will eat you hey guys we want to give a big shout out to our podcasting friends south of the border the masturbators their show talks about all kinds of cool stuff like pop culture just like we do and they put on a really great show you can find them on youtube just search for masturbators that is m-a-s-s hyphen d-e-b-a-t-e-r-s that's masturbators. You give them two thumbs up. Be sure to check them out. I have a little quote here I want to read off. Hit it. Bear with me. Quote, I went sailing alone in a junk. On the sea, I thought of all my past training and got mad at myself and punched at the water. Right then at that moment, a thought suddenly struck me. Wasn't this water the very basic stuff, the essence of Kung Fu? Oh. I struck it just now, but it did not suffer hurt. Again, I stabbed it with all my might, yet it was not wounded. I then tried to grasp a handful of it, but it was impossible. This water, the softest substance in the world, could fit into any container. Although it seemed weak, it could penetrate the hardest substance in the world. That was it. I wanted to be like the nature of water. Martial artist, actor, director, philosopher, also holds a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Master Bruce Lee. Every man from our generation at the very least would aspire to be in any form of their life. When you're going to be having a play fight with your buddies in the schoolyard, I, I'm going to, I'm always going to choose Bruce Lee. And why wouldn't you? Exactly. If you don't first, you're not going to win. If you do, well, you're going to win. So here is a cultural icon born in America, lived most of his life or his, his young life in uh, Hong Kong uh, and became the, the bridge from Asia to America. He has bridged that culture to the point where, I'm gonna ask you a question here. Oh no. Did you ever in your point own a magazine, a poster, a book, a toy with Bruce Lee on it? Yes, yes and yes. <laughs> I have as well. I, in fact, I have a, a book that my brother gave me about it was, I think it was The Art of Kicking by Bruce Lee. I have actually out in our garden, we have a little tiny Bruce Lee action figure. Sweet. Guards our garden. I'm, I'm sure I've had a poster at some point. I've, I've definitely had books, of course. 
I've had comic books. I'm actually eyeing up a concert poster right now. Um, it's an old Beast Beastie Boys concert poster that has Bruce Lee on the front. I haven't I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. Soon it will be on my wall. So my goal in the next uh, little bit, and I just remembered seeing this not too long ago, and I know that I have some some special cash just for this. On a website, there was a T-shirt, a yellow T-shirt with a white stripes going down the arm. And in the middle of that T-shirt was a footprint. And it was obviously from, I believe, I believe the movie, I, I never remember which movie is which, but The Game of Death, where he was fighting Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And if you ever see the footage from that movie where he's fighting Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and four feet taller than Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah. But the shirt is amazing. It's, it's like a replica of the shirt that he wears in that fight scene. And, and the foot is to represent Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's foot across his chest. <laughs> so wicked. Have you ever owned a Bruce Lee t-shirt? No, I haven't. That is something else I need. So I want to go back to something that you said earlier. Um, saying that uh, Bruce Lee was born in the U.S. I didn't realize that, gosh, until about a month ago. Same here. That he was actually born in San Francisco. Yeah, same here. It was the same thing for me. I did not know that he was, uh, that he's actually half American as well. Yeah. From his mother's side. Absolutely blew me away. I, I just assumed that he was born and raised in, in Hong Kong, but then he had just come over here for school. I didn't realize it, but he was actually in the Green Hornet before he was doing any of his, uh, like the big boss, his first major role was, was 1971, Fist of Fury, 72, uh, Way of the Dragon, 72, Enter the Dragon, obviously his his highlight was 1973, and Game of Death, 78, which came out after he had died. He was in uh, the Green Hornet as Cato in 66, and I didn't know that. Green Horn is number two, man. But I had, I mean, I knew that he was Green, I knew that he was Cato. I had no idea that the Green Hornet was actually back then, but I guess I should have because it kind of crossed over with Batman as well, which was back in 66 and 67, I think. You think about it, though, just in terms of the type of role that he was playing, he was number two in uh, in that show, whereas later on, he was the star of the movies. Had the timeline been reversed, I'm sure that he wouldn't have been playing Kato in, in that show, but... You know, you you make your way through through acting, and you gotta gotta cut your chops. You probably don't look back on on the Green Horn and say, "Oh yeah, that, those are amazing shows," either. But when you talk about you know Fist of Fury or Enter the Dragon or The Game of Death, those were wonderful movies coming out of their generation in that time. He was a star. He was the reason you watched it. He was he was the reason that you watched. I don't think I would have ever thought of watching any of those martial arts, Chinese martial arts movies, had it not been for the fact that Bruce Lee made them famous. No, I actually, I started watching a lot of other martial arts TV shows and uh, and movies because of the influence of Bruce Lee. 100%. Kung Fu first off, but it even really wasn't Kung Fu. Talked about it already, how it was really a, a combination of uh, all sorts of different teachings um wing chung tai chi he was a street fighter he was a boxer and how he brought all of those together to make his own his own martial art i think he kind of regretted even giving it a a style name in that he wanted to be just a style of no style he didn't want it to be associated with one particular way of fighting always open to any sort of movement kind of bruce's philosophy behind that i believe well yeah because he was influenced by so many major people like 
we're talking about earlier uh, Kung Fu uh, champions of the past. And he was even influenced by Muhammad Ali, one of the greatest boxers in history, if not the greatest boxer in history. So many, like we talk about, like Taekwondo, wrestling, fencing, and, and there were so many things that he drew from and evolved into Jeet Kune Do. As you said that, obviously, he didn't want to just like tie it into one particular form, but he was able to adapt so many different forms into Jeet Kune Do. I know that your son, he participates in martial arts. Was there any influence for you as a father to encourage your son? Oh, completely. What was it? Was it Bruce Lee that, that encouraged you <laughs> to encourage him to do it? it? It was Bruce Lee. And it was also the TV show called Kung Fu or Master of Kung Fu. It was, yeah, I believe it was, it was just Kung Fu. Um, so those, those two shows or well, not two shows, anything Bruce did. Plus that show is really what inspired, inspired me to get my son into to martial arts he, he needed something to kind of focus on and focus all of the energy that uh, that that he had it's been fantastic for him he he has been studying kung fu now for 11 years every day still have to drag him out <laughs> <laughs> going back a bit i'm sorry to, to interrupt going back a bit you're talking about kung fu the show kung fu and did you know that that was actually Bruce Lee's concept. Yeah, he was supposed to be the main actor on it. But it was stolen from him by Warner Brothers. Paramount and Warner Brothers wanted to be a modernized type of thing. Also, I think they wanted somebody that looked more white. That was 100% it. And it, it's very sad and disappointing. David Carradine. Um, because he's uh, he's half white, they thought he would be more saleable uh, at that time. Right. Which seems absolutely crazy now. Now, having said that, he did a fantastic job with that role. And I think um, with him doing that role, plus everything else that Bruce was doing, I think it really opened up martial arts as, as a whole. That, that does kind of paint again, just how important though that he, he is and the fact that he has transcended uh, the culture and he's transcended his own death uh, to the point that we're talking about him today. My goodness, how many years is almost 50 years since his death. Yeah. I mean, you, you struggled to remember David Carradine. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll never struggle to remember Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. One thing that you just, you mentioned Bruce's death. There was a lot of mystery that went on with his death. Nobody really knew back then. It was a lot of rumors as to, to what had happened and kind of like, Oh, he was heavily into drugs and you know, Oh, he was in a, in a big brawl and all sorts of ridiculous things going going around the, the street now it's a click of a button to find out uh at what actually happened so when they did the autopsy they found equajasic i might be murdering that uh pronunciation um they found equajasic in his system and which is something that is kind of equivalent to taking aspirin now except there i guess there are more more issues with it they don't they don't actually sell it in the the u.s anymore i guess it's something that you take for inflammation and pain the same sorts of things that 
that you take it for take aspirin for now would totally make sense an athlete at his level whether he's actually competing or if he's doing movie stunts his body he'd be pushing it to the limit scene after scene fight after fight it wouldn't be unusual for for somebody of his caliber of athleticism to be taking something like that and we see a lot of modern athletes who have the issue not necessarily by being addicted or anything like that but have to rely on that stuff i mean you talk about oh there's so much worse out there now professional wrestlers uh especially back in the uh, the 80s and 90s who because they beat up their bodies and they abused their bodies so much that they they actually relied on it to get them to the next show and unfortunately that came with a lot of addiction but there was never any discussion about bruce lee being addicted it's just a matter of just had an allergic reaction. They said that there was actually just swelling on his brain. They ruled it death by misadventure, which I want on my tombstone, by the way. I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist in a way, but in 1993, they released a movie called uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, sorry, uh, it was Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Uh, and Jason Scott Lee did a fantastic job. And I thought the movie was brilliant. I know that a lot of people didn't really like it. They thought it was a little too fantastical. But they held on to the idea that it was curse of the Bruce Lee family. And they, they, they talk about that in the early part of it where his father is trying to protect him from the demon that is chasing him. So that's why he sends him to America and to get away from that demon. But eventually the demon catches up to him. But I believe in it. I shouldn't say I believe in it because I'm not a big fan of believing that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I want to believe it because then what happened to his son? Surprisingly enough, 1993, when his son died on set, being shot by a bullet that was lodged in the gun in a prop gun. Yeah, it was supposed to be blank. It was supposed to be blank, but it got caught in the uh, the barrel or the chamber or something like that. And so when they shot the next one, it actually ejected that bullet and killed him. A terrible, terrible story. And it just goes to show that his son dies in, in an alarming way as well. It kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, that's definitely going to be just a, like a whole subject for a future show. The movie, The Crow, and everything are around Bruce's son. Brandon, yes. He had a bit of a career starting in and The Crow, one of my favorite movies of all time. So I was following him as the son of Bruce. Unfortunately, the curse of the Lee family. Let me let me end our, our topic about Bruce Lee with, with another quote from Bruce. Thank you. Do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Every single person should live by that mantra right there. And if you're a listener to our show, you understand that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Our shows are not difficult to endure. <laughs> No, Bruce Lee, you know what? He was the king of action movies. Everybody else that followed after him stood on stood on his shoulders. It's really brought action movies up to today. So, dude, what, what sort of action movies have, uh, have you been into recently, man? So, I'm a huge action fan. I've got Arnold Schwarzenegger posters on my wall uh, that I've kept for a million years. And I loved 80s action flicks. They were cheesy and silly and dumb, but at the same time, I mean, they were just, they were awesome to watch. And I mean, sometimes they're pretty vulgar and, you know, I want my, my parents let me watch them. And that to me was pretty awesome. I mean, we went to uh, see Robocop 2 in the theaters at the time I was like 17 and technically I wasn't supposed to be in there because it was, you know, uh, for 18 and over, but I was there with my father. So well, my father says I can go. I should be able to go, right? Yep. So it doesn't uh, a person that works there rat me out because he knew me from school and I didn't like him, a little jerk. And he rats me out and they try to kick me out. 
And my dad's sitting there going, what the heck? My, my dad was going to get into a physical confrontation with the movie theater, the manager of the movie theater, because he's my dad. He had brought you the movie. He brought me to the movies to watch uh, this movie. And of course, that, that happens. You know, there's probably boobs on the screen, but whatever. But I mean, that was double A back then. You adult accompaniment that you started seeing seeing that. It was it was restricted movie, so that I oh, guess was it? yes, I guess they knew better than my father. Yes, yes, they did. Clearly, because I mean, the way I've turned out. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was thinking back to the movie, the top movies that I can kind of remember from different ages, and probably Rambo was the big action film from from my childhood. Um, and then I was thinking. Okay, well, let's go back just even more recently. Since my son was born, I, I rewatched The Italian Job. I had mentioned that earlier. I've been loving the John Wick movies. Have you seen those? I've watched the first one. I haven't watched the second one yet. Yeah, no, they're they're good. Like honestly, it's action from from the word go. They're a lot of fun. There, there's there's a certain number of movies that have kind of like reinvigorated the action concept and john wick was one of those for sure have you seen the 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 trailers for jason statham's wrath of man i have oh that looks so awesome we're gonna have to talk about that for a future show because that looks darn cool when we when we talk about action stars like back in the 80s like the action star just you know that was all they did and that was all they were known for and jason statham has kind of taken on the new role yeah like you can talk about you can talk about keanu reeves in john wick and but but he does other roles right and it's not always necessarily action jason statham always doing the action always kicking butt stallone schwarzenegger rob langel jason statham you know those are the names those are the names. Maybe that's why I'm having the health issues that I am. Because Probably. I was an action. I was an action star in the eighties. <laughs> Recently, I was flipping through Netflix and I came across a movie. I saw that Jamie Fox and Joseph Gordon-Levitt were in it, and it was a movie called Project Power. So they call it like a, an American superhero film. It basically follows a drug dealer uh, and a police officer and a former soldier who team up to stop the distribution of a pill that gives superpowers to its users. So this drug actually becomes kind of like the new street drug. Uh, it's some d genetically designed pill that would give you these superpowers, but the superpowers only lasted for five minutes. That's dope. That's dope. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. The, the superpower doesn't, didn't necessarily mean you're going to get something awesome. There were some times where you would just explode, like your body couldn't handle it or everything was predetermined by your genetics so you you know you could be invisible you could be super fast you could like have one one of the characters had his bones break out of his skin like wolverine and then he had these massive claws coming out of his elbows and knees and fingers and stuff i was thinking jamie fox joseph gordon levin and sorry the movie is called project power i don't know if i'd mention that I mean, that's star power. Like, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I don't remember if they'd, they'd won Oscars, but they'd certainly been up for at least some kind of film awards anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, we all remember Jamie Foxx also from In Living Color, which I have a hard time taking him seriously because of In Living Color. I know. Color. <laughs> like, the dude does such great movies, but I just think of him as a comedian. Anyway, well, same with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I mean, didn't Joseph Gordon-Levitt make his start on, like, Third Rock from the Sun or something like that? He was nominated. Uh, he's received various accolades. And they, anyway, here's this action movie with Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm going, okay, this is going to be a good movie. So I'm watching it, and, you know, it's 
it's not bad. And they they feature this this uh, this lady actress, uh, an actor who is I guess she's her dream is to become a rapper, and she's kind of the the go between for. Jamie Foxx's and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's characters to get the street drug. She's kind of the middle man, and but they both want the best for her, and she she just wants to become a rapper. And just I'm sitting there going, this is so absurd. Like she she's a high schooler. Her dream is to become a rapper. She's just throwing her life away to become a rapper, but she doesn't have any prospects. So she just sells drugs to a cop and to former soldier. Sorry. Well, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt uses it to. Uh, to take down criminals because then he gets this bulletproof skin and Jamie Foxx, he's actually one of the original, he, he was where they got the DNA from to design these pills, him and his family. And so now they've kidnapped his daughter. So his goal is to find, he uses this girl, the, uh, the student drug dealer to find out where they've taken his daughter and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, and eventually Jamie Foxx, even though they were against each other, eventually team up. And then they also make this connection with the, the teenage uh, drug dealer. And so then it becomes like a, a three-way team to find the daughter and to shut down the this whole pill distribution thing. And it still sounds pretty cool. It, it was kind of cool, but then there was just these times that take you out of it. Like there's this one guy... Uh, who takes a pill and he becomes this big massive like hulking beast and it's just like oh come on and then there's times where like you know <laughs> they're counting down the five minutes and you see them looking at their watches to see how long they're going to stay like in with this power for but then there's like sequences where like whoever the bad guy's got his power and it's like it's got to be at least 10 minutes length of film little less, you know just five minutes before his powers disappear but he's still running around the, the bad guy or the the antagonist is still running around with a superpower there are just so many plot holes and i guess you know I, I can't say anything about plot holes when i'm watching robocop 2 and think that's a great movie <laughs> <laughs> i just expected i expected a lot more from jamie fox and joseph gordon levitt in the film yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those two guys, I mean, if they're in a film together, like, that, uh, it should be a great film. should be a great film. But I was, <laughs> I was disappointed. I would give it one thumbs up out of two. Oh, uh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself? What I watched recently was a 2007 movie that I have been meaning to watch for ages, and that's 300. I love 300. Uh, so that's uh, Gerard Butler's uh, movie where he plays King Leonardus. He's a, he's the Spartan. He is the king of the Spartans. So the movie starts out. Um, you're seeing leader of the Spartans who's inspecting little ch like ba baby children, and if they do not meet the Spartan standard, that they are thrown from the cliff. This is actually just foreshadowing for later on in the movie because it's actually what's going to be King Leonardus's downfall. So the movie starts out by he is cast off into the wilderness to go make it on on his own. There comes a point that he's out in the dark, uh, right along a cliff edge with a spear in his hand. There is a evil looking wolf that essentially I'm pretty sure is going to eat him. And he, King Leonardus, he sees a small tunnel in the cliff and he moves back into it so there's nowhere to go the wolf can't actually flank him in this position and once again more foreshadowing and because this is actually what he is going to be doing to hold off the parisians that are attacking 
is 300. The movie, it's based on uh, Frank Miller and Lynn Varley's comic book. Which was a fantastic, fantastic comic book. Have you ever had a chance to read it? And so the movie, it's actually, it's a, a voiceover narrative that's being told by one of the Spartan soldiers, uh, Delios. Um, it kind of takes you through from when the god king Xerxes is... Uh, men come into the city and how they're asking for earth and water as a token of submission being the badass that king leonidas is he says no and kicks them into a giant well as as, as one does i mean is that not one of the probably greatest most mocked or mimicked uh action sequences in history when he boots the messenger into the hole foot to the chest and everybody's flying back guys are doing backflips in the hole <laughs> sorry are they going to make a t-shirt just like the bruce lee one the spartan logo or something on it and a giant leonidas foot in the center of the chest yeah no <laughs> that that would be pretty wicked I, I would buy that shirt as well then king leonardus he actually uh, goes and visit the Afers, and they're kind of kind of mystic uh, cedar, uh, sorry, city leaders, and he proposes the strategy uh, to actually pull the the Parisians into this into this uh, hot hot gates that uh, that they refer to, and essentially they only have the opportunity to go into the ocean. Or, and what they plan on doing is building a wall to funnel them in so they can't be surrounded by these 300,000 men and they can actually fight off these oncoming, oncoming men. The council, they say, no, you can't, you can't go. He gets his knickers in a knot and says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it anyway. Uh, he puts 300 bodyguards together, not his military. He refers to him that he's going going for a walk. And well, I mean, these these are his bodyguards who have to come along. Along the way, they meet up with an Arcadian army as well, too. That's another few thousand. They construct this this wall that I mentioned earlier uh, between uh, between the oceans and this tunnel through through the mountains. And they construct it of large boulders and they use the Parisian scouts as mortar that they've uh, found out in the field to put these together. So you can imagine why uh, why Xerxes wouldn't wouldn't be so pleased when he hears about this. So it I mean it it starts with that. And then during during their whole walk out actually to to meet the Parisians, they're constantly being followed by this deformed gentleman where this kind of goes back to is that story from the beginning when the children are being thrown off the cliff. Well, he would have been one of those children that would have been thrown from the cliff, but his father and mother, they, they actually took him from the city in fear that this was going to happen to him and knowing that this uh, infant, infanticide i'm not even pronouncing that right infanticide thank you yeah 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 
so knowing that this would actually occur to him, this man has now returned years later. He wants to redeem his father's name by joining King Leonardus's army. He essentially waves him off. He's sympathetic, even though he's uh, quite muscular, he still can't hold his shield up high. This is very necessary for the Spartans in terms of how they defend themselves. They go into this phalanx formation. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but, but it's really just how they, uh, how they protect themselves. But by them turning him away, that's really what is going to be his ultimate downfall. He, he actually tells King Leonardus saying, hey, these guys, they could find out about this old goat trail that leads through the mountains where you could be flanked off. And um, King Leonardus just says, you know what? Just go help us out. Bring food, bring water, clear clear the dead away. You know, he he wanted to be a fighter. He really wanted to, to bring, you know, uh, do justice to his father's name. What does he do? He goes off to uh, Xerxes's uh, camp and exchange for wealth and women and a Parisian uniform. That's all he wanted was a uniform. He showed them the way through the mountains to actually, actually flank them off. It was King Leonardus's downfall. And in the end, he and his army died by a cloud of arrows coming through the sky. There was uh, lots of fantastic battles that went back and forth and a lot of interesting um, strategy but in the end king leonardus uh, was was defeated it was a great action movie i probably wouldn't put it in my top 10 but a very cool movie nonetheless i totally put it in my top 10 in fact i probably put it in my top five i just absolutely Whoa. i mean maybe maybe because i'm that comic book nerd but i, I just love comic book styling of how it was filmed and the ridiculousness of these like superhero type uh leaders and characters and i just felt it was so good and looked so nice it was intense it was a really cool historical fantasy it was 100 percent. and i mean there i know there was controversy and a lot of people don't like it to me i just thought i thought it was so well done and the production was great and how many of us would recognize it in a second. Oh, you you know exactly what it is. So many great actors in this film. I mean, we're talking like Gerard Butler, like absolutely phenomenal actor. Everything he does is great. Like I said, Lena Headey, uh, David Wenham, who is Delios, the uh, warrior that gets sent back uh, to tell the story. Uh, he's from, uh, I believe he was in uh, Lord of the Rings. Dominic West as Thurin, Michael Fassbender as Delios. So many great names, and, and Rodrigo oh, yeah. Santoro as Xerxes was phenomenal as well. If you're looking for a great weekend movie that you want to, you know, get the popcorn going and sit back and relax, 300 is, is definitely one of those movies that you'll enjoy. So, Andrew, I think we can probably wrap up the show. We probably prattle along long enough for all of our listeners. Well, that's another show of How to Survive the Modern World, where Gen X isn't just a fashion statement. People, don't forget to take a look at tribe74.com, your digital media specialist. Thank you, Rob, for coming out again tonight. It was a pleasure as always. Ciao. Peace out.